first edition, Larry Freeman. And our guest is here. Can you see me? Absolutely. Oh, hey, Jordan. How are we doing? What's up? Man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I've got nothing. It's a diversion from breaking up fights with my three boys. So this is great. <laughs> I, I just uh, attempted to put my daughter down for a nap. And because there's endless amounts of energy these days, it's a very difficult task. Exactly. Um, yeah, so you might hear her or see her running behind me during this. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, you're our first guest. We just coined this podcast. I was doing it with, uh, um, a, a, as Larry said, a departed teammate, Stephen Betisher, and we held out for the big guns. Is, is, that, uh, is that an upgrade to get Larry, or is that a little bit of a, a step back? Yeah, that's, he, gets, that's, he, gets, he gets the big guess, so. Will, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like if, if you, after Saturday Night Live, right. instead of going on and having this unbelievable career in movies, <laughs> um, you had gone to Mad TV. <laughs> way a little bit of trivia audition for mad tv like a couple of times and thankfully did not get hired <laughs> wait yeah. that was before saturday night live turned down by them before oh my god and then uh, about four, i want to say four months later the snl audition started happening and i was like it's so weird because in hindsight they're just like oh my god my trajectory could have been very, uh, very much changed. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So how, uh, you know, just to start it off, we have uh, a number of questions for you. Yes. A bunch of different directions this could go. Yeah. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, even though you have endless amounts. Endless. Uh, what, are you, what are you guys doing? What's the Farrell family doing in the house right now during quarantine? Uh, right now... I mean, we're in the middle of spring break, uh, and so we're trying to kind of create a schedule. Um, we have, this has actually given us a good opportunity to introduce something called chores, <laughs> <laughs> which we met with uh, slack jawed disbelief, uh, even with, even with the, the impetus of earning some money. Uh, <laughs> What do you wait? Hold on. Empty the dishwasher, but I only have to do it once, right? No, you have to do it like at least two times a day. You don't have to check on it. So uh, anyway, we've got a little little chore uh, rotation going. We, uh, you know, we try to get out of the house, walk the dogs, we uh, uh, or baskets, or you know, kick the soccer ball around, or at least do something to get these guys, you know, out and about. Um, I have to say though, when, when they were doing their school though, they, they were kind of locked in. They were kind of okay. That was enough of a structure to, uh, you know. Who's that? Who's the at home school teacher? The teacher. Well, luckily all the schools are doing it online. So we just have yes. to, they're kind of following it because, oh gosh, no, if we, if we were, if we were teachers, yeah, it'd be, 
they, they might as well not even go to school. Yeah. Well, you've got three boys that can do some pretty good chores. So whether it's, you know, gardening around the house or something like that, you can put them to work. My four-year-old, I can barely get her to do anything. Uh, make her bed is like the, the biggest thing that she can do at this point. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um, are, they, are they driving you nuts? Is there any friction? What do you guys do? Because we have timeouts, and my four-year-old will put me in timeout if, if I say a curse word near <laughs> my wife, and, and we thus can put her in timeout. Um, what do you guys do? Our, our, big, uh, our big threat for you know, discipline is either uh, screen time or, yeah. yeah. It's funny how the threat <laughs> of taking one's phone away is, uh, is you know, you, 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 they, they immediately drop to their knees and are like, please, please let me, what can I do to make it up? What can I do to get it back? So, uh, we were actually having a really good stretch. Everyone was getting along until literally about an hour ago <laughs> before I came. <laughs> there was a big fight about, I don't know, Axel, who's, uh, only 10, he got shoved to the ground. He's all scraped up. And, uh, um, anyway, we just had to break up some fights, but, uh, uh, I have to say for the most part, they're, they're, they're getting along pretty well. Well, that's a good thing. What are you guys watching on the TV? Um, we, Tiger King, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we, uh, we were a little, uh, we, we discovered Cheer. Have you guys watched Cheer at all? No. No. On Netflix? Cheerleading? Like cheerleading? It's amazing. <laughs> it's, and it is about cheerleading. It's about this. Uh, number one junior college program in Navarro, Texas. And uh, they, they win the national championship every year, but they take kind of misfit students from not only Texas, but from all over the country. And it's this, it's something that you're, you start watching the first episode and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. And then you are locked in. And I, smell, I smell a movie coming on. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it is something that, uh, yeah, <laughs> literally on pins and needles by the by the last episode when they go to the championships in Daytona. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Larry. No, I was going to say, Jordan, that is a great segue to your start, <laughs> cut, and bench because obviously, uh, Will character for a little while there that did some cheerleading so maybe yes you got start cut bench and never talk about again because we're going to add that fourth character oh you're going to add it okay okay yeah have you heard of this start cut bench it's it's online it's it's usually with players or um celebrities and i think you get the drift of it you start someone there's three people you start someone you either cut someone or you bench someone i thought it'd be fun to do it with your characters Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we have I'm new to it though. No, I had not heard of it yet. Okay. No, like if you put if you put beta myself and Carlos, you would uh start Carlos, bench beta and cut me. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, yes. Well, okay. You didn't need to agree with him, Will. No, I, I <laughs> think that could be that could be an option. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so between the elf, Ron Burgundy, and Ricky Bobby. Start, cut, and bench. Um, well, oh my gosh. Um, 
I would, uh, well, I, I would say, um, wait, it's, it's Elf. Uh, Ron Burgundy and Ricky Bobby. I would have to, I would have to just say I would start uh, Ron Burgundy uh, only because that, uh, that was a, that was such an arduous journey to get that movie made and to, you know, to have it kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of characters that have kind of uh, referenced, but that one is like truly special in that, you know, we, when we were shopping that script around, I think we had a day where we were between studios and potential financiers, we got 10 rejections in one day. And, um, and people just didn't understand. They were like, but this is about news. And we're like, no, it's really, <laughs> it happens to be, you know, news is the background for it. But for the most part, it's a big slapstick, uh, you know, fun, you know, character driven comedy. So I would start Ron Burgundy. Um, I would, uh, and there's, this will seem weird. I, I think I would, I would, I would bench uh, Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> a little too confident. A little too confident, yeah. I mean, he's but he's good to have on the bench. I mean, that's not that's not a bad number two. Um, and then, uh, strange to say, I would cut Elf not because not because uh, obviously it's gone on to be you know something that a perennial movie that everyone watches. But there was a moment in time. I always tell the story where I was like know, running around New York City the first two weeks of filming, uh, I'd just gotten done with Saturday Night Live and I'm in the elf costume, my trailer, just looking at myself in the mirror going, this could be it. This could be game over right here. This movie better work or like, we're going to go, what happened to that guy? Cheerleader guy on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> he dresses an elf and uh yeah it was a horrible decision and <laughs> um, so i i of course would not cut that i i mean i have to make a choice but i only yeah, say, yeah, yeah. say that because if if you had if i'd handicapped what movies would have worked and and what wouldn't i i i just had no sense that that was the one that would be come this movie that you know now people are obviously watch every christmas but year round uh yeah but, but you know what a what a pleasant surprise are there so, any movies that that you that that you uh hear about and and that story like you just said with the elf comes to mind but like are there any uh things that people yell at, at you uh larry was telling me about an instance in the leone so will um and just to overplay the depth of the relationship, I mean, you and I, you and I have traveled together internationally. We've gone to some of the finest cities on the planet together: Kansas City, Portland, Seattle. <laughs> Larry and I are road dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it and it never ceases to amaze me that even in a foreign land, yeah. walking next to you. We hear repeatedly things like, you're my boy, Blue, or, you know, we're going streaking, or, hey, Will, did we just become best friends? And, yeah. you know, Jordan and I were curious, does that feel 
awesome every time or at a point do you wish that you didn't have to hear any of that? I would have to say uh, it for the most 90% of the time it feels awesome every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially because, you know, as I was referencing, you know, the elf moment, the comedy is literally, uh, you know, Jay Leno used to tell a story of he would go to the Hermosa Beach Comedy and Magic Club every Sunday night to try out jokes for the Tonight Show that coming up. Because he said any comedian knows you just don't know. You don't know what's going to work. And anyone who says they do know is lying. Uh, just an educated guess. And so to have these things that we were like, I don't know. I think it's funny. Do you think it's funny? Let's just try it. To have these things kind of transcend that moment and, you know, years later be in a place like Lyon and have. <laughs> I don't know, too, Larry, if you remember when we were walking on the field, it was a wonderful mix of people waving to us and, and uh, sprinkled in with a couple middle fingers and rude gestures. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> even, even the rude gestures from the Leon faithful w was with a smile on their face. And they, <laughs> hey, thanks for coming down here. Thanks for coming. Well, and, and that actually reminds me of when we were up in Portland last season yes. and we, um, we ruined their grand reopening of their building. And it, it was a little bit of the same. People were doing the, you're my boy blue, Will, Will, can I get a picture? And every fourth or fifth person after a few beers clearly was like, hey, Will, No, but the, it's so funny. The people in Portland are still like, so nice that they would start, they'd give me the finger and then they'd quickly wave. Ah! <laughs> so, um, uh, a follow on on the character stuff. Because um, I remember uh, opening opening game for LAFC in Seattle. Yeah. Um, the ESPN guys, you sat down at the desk right. with them. Down the field, right. Again, it's where where is the line where it becomes like I wish this wouldn't happen anymore because in a way it's like somebody just looking at you and saying it will be funny when they turn to you and say will what would Ron Burgundy think of today well yeah I mean sometimes I mean that's a situation where I'm relative I'm, I'm kind of got my game face on in the sense that I'm probably going to be asked something like that so I'm prepared but I always laugh. My wife and I always laugh that uh, I am continually letting people down in my, in my private life. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't really put pressure on myself to, you know, if we're if we're at the airport and we're with the kids and we're on our way to a vacation, someone's like, "Hey, Will, what's up?" Like, and you can tell they're waiting to just hear this funny voice or something. I just go, "Hey." <laughs> and some people go you're what you're so normal like what what's yeah what's up with that and i'm like i'm I, well i'm i'm just with my family and uh so i've uh i've just learned to like not beat myself up for uh you know in those situations if i feel like being funny and something strikes me i uh 
I, I follow that. And if I don't, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't, a, if you weren't a comedian, what would you have been? What, what would have been your path? Had you not gone down that road? Well, I probably, I mean, I would have, I was always, uh, sports were a huge part of my life. So I'd always, you know, played whatever the sport was every season. And, uh, uh, and that's why when I went to USC, they had a sports uh, uh, journalism program. And that was kind of, that was actually plan A where uh, I got sidetracked with the comedy thing. Uh, so I, I would have, in my mind's eye, I was, I was going to, you know, be on ESPN. And uh, I thought that was like, that was like a nice, that was a more, realistic track of merging a real job with entertainment and this and that. And then, but once I graduated from college, I was like, God, that's just as hard to break in, in that game. <laughs> uh, trying to do comedy. And I really know that if I don't give this a shot, I'll, I'll, I'll always wonder. I mean, I, I'm sure it was the same for you with soccer. If you, if you didn't kind of follow that path, you always would have been wondering in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, yeah, for me, it was such a young age, though, and I'm sure it was for you with comedy. Um, but with each opportunity, you kind of uh, get pushed in that direction and down that path. So, yeah, I mean, yeah for, for me, it was the college. And then with every step, it just kind of solidified that being my path, right? I kind of I had the opposite reinforcement in a way, not, not because anyone was saying don't do it, but I watched, uh, you know, my dad's a musician. And uh, he he played in Orange County, like local restaurants and nightclubs and for 30, 40 years. And uh, and I we my my brother and I watched the instability of that, um, you know, to be a working musician is hard enough. And he uh, he was he was very much what you would call a success on that kind of level. But at the same time, he'd come home and be like, well. I'm not playing at that restaurant anymore. I'm like, what happened? Nothing. They just decided to fire the piano player. Like, whoa, okay. Uh, and so I, even as a kid, I, I like loved comedy, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's just, I'm going to get a real job where I carry a briefcase. Um, <laughs> it's so volatile. Yeah. I mean, it must've been really difficult to break into, obviously. But then I couldn't suppress that nagging kind of itch and by the time i graduated from college i had uh, uh i had started taking places uh classes at this place called the groundlings uh in up yeah. hollywood uh which was really famous sketch comedy theater company and uh worked my way through their school and uh, that was the place where i got discovered so um you know i i i thought i just had a moment <clears throat> in my life where i thought i'm gonna I have four or five years here where if I, I'm just going to give it a shot and I'll figure it out later if, if it doesn't happen. But for right now, I'm going to focus. And so I was lucky. And then the rest is history, obviously. But you you always kind of go back to sports in your movies, whether it be ice skating, NASCAR, soccer, or even the one I was talking to Larry about a little earlier was I loved the, the baseball documentary. Oh, yeah. Um, Farrell Takes the Field. Yeah. I thought that was hysterical um would you ever do a soccer version of that oh god i i <laughs> i don't think i could i don't think i could run i mean i, I played 
don't know if you there's a a, a charity match that uh, they put on every other year at uh, Old Trafford uh, at that Robbie Williams the singer organizes and it's a big yeah. played in that game I think it was gosh I think it's coming out ten years ago 2010 I played in that game. And it was amazing. You did like a full week of training at like Fulham and you go up and you actually played on the grounds and they literally got 75,000 people. Uh, and, and I started at uh, center mid and, uh, and I for 70 minutes until my hamstring popped. Um, <laughs> but it was, it wasn't like, it's funny. It wasn't like our celebrity, you know, over here in the States, if we have like celebrities and, and they get, they get after it. Oh, they get after. Exactly. Like over here, we'll play at half speed or what, you know, we'll, yeah. fun. they were taking people out, slide tackling. It was crazy. I mean, it was thrilling, but I was like, so, so no, I don't think I could even keep up. Soccer. Were you able to uh, utilize your vast knowledge of, Netherlands football were you were you playing total football when you pulled your hamstring I was I I was getting yelled at by Yop Stam I know that <laughs> you, that, you don't want that to happen he was <laughs> screaming at me where to be on the pitch uh, <laughs> that's that is that's it was related a little bit to Dutch football <laughs> that was the the best part of that uh, our our manager because it's England versus rest of the world the rest of the world team uh, so and our manager was uh, um, the uh, Kenny uh, 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 English English yeah and so Kenny he, you know you, you can't understand a word he says because his Scottish accent so thick but uh when I, I could feel I was getting tight out there and I was like, I think I need to come off. And I was expecting him to go, uh, uh, okay. Oh, no problem. He was like, he's just went off. Oh, give me five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and within that five minutes, that's when it happened. And then I had to, they don't really help, you know, they kind of helped me off the field, but it, the, the, our locker room was way at the other end. So I had to, it took me 20 minutes to walk, uh, but I was kind of hobbling and I was kind of signing autographs along the way. And at the end of the game, he came up to me and I thought once again, he was like, uh, sorry about that. Sorry, I got hurt. He was like, he said, the way you were hobbling off the field, I thought you were auditioning for one of your Hollywood cowboy movies. <laughs> <laughs> Always taking the piss out of you. <laughs> another unit i just i just smile i'm like you are a a-hole do you know that <laughs> that was the last i saw of kenny <laughs> what is uh sorry um what what do you see as far as uh, the dynamic between being on set in a movie and then being in like a, a sports environment like in a locker room do you see any similarities like yeah and obviously there's the dynamics that the egos, um, the different people that you have to deal with and working as a team for different things. But like, like you said, like a coach taking the piss or like in the locker room, it's just shooting the shit. Like, is there those dynamics on set? I mean, I, I think there's, 
Definitely. I mean, I, the, the one reason why I, I, I think I, I was drawn to, uh, I really responded and thrived at a show like Saturday Night Live is because of playing so many team sports, because it really was uh, such an ensemble show. And then when you, when you go on to do movies, yeah, it really is about, um, you know, you have a hundred people working at one time uh, on a crew and uh, yeah, it's, it's that, that total teamwork thing that I loved about playing sports. And at the same time, yeah, you show up every day, you get to know people, you, you know, you, you learn what they think is fun. You know, there's teasing, there's all, there's all those, those same dynamics that happen on a team when you're working on a project together, at least if, if it's a good time. Otherwise, you know, I've worked on things where people just say, Hey, how you doing? All right, good. Uh, I've been on teams where it was like that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, how do you get, you just have to put your head down, right? And get through the day. Yeah, of course. And you have to rely on, you know, in your case, maybe it's a director or producer, but you rely on the manager to try to you know, keep things in line and like set the tone and keep expectations high. And that's why, you know, transitioning to LAFC, that's why I think we're, we're doing so well is because you have someone like Bob leading us is the consummate professional and leader of a team. But is that what drew, what drew you to LAFC and becoming an owner? Uh, you know, it, it, it was just uh, one of, uh, you know, Larry, Larry Berg, one of the primary owners. Uh, it's funny. He and I have known each other because uh, our kids all went to the same school. And so we would talk soccer on the playground in the morning at drop-off and I don't know why well, we just discovered that we both were fans of, you know, and did you see that game and this game and just talk about it incidentally. And then when he was, uh, when this was all, you know, coalescing, he sent me an email saying, give me a call. I'm, I'm part of something that I think you might really get a kick out of. And then he explained the, the whole thing. And, uh, and then went to uh, to uh, Peter's house for like a more formal meeting where they with Tom and uh, and and the whole team and 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 when I saw kind of the model of the stadium and where it was going to be and what they were planning on doing, I was like, oh, this is going to be this is going to kill. This is going to be a slam dunk. And Will, did you did you think that you would? improve your odds for being accepted into the ownership group by wearing your orange Netherlands track jacket to that meeting at Peter's house? I think I have the video to prove it. <laughs> I think that was just serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole thing? <laughs> well, I had, I had to show that I was not just a Hollywood boob, you know? <laughs> so speaking of uh you know seeing the the location of the stadium and the model and everything uh, another event that we had early early was at Bent Rosenthal's where we were in the backyard and we showed some early renderings and right said to the assembled ownership if you want to get tickets in the location that you most desire you really need to get in now yeah so a couple of things one you know
as part of coming into the ownership group, did it surprise you that everybody was actually buying their own seats? It wasn't an ownership perk. And what did you think the first time you saw those renderings of the club spaces and the director's box and the rest of the building? Yeah, I did. There was like, oh, we got to pay for our tickets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, did, did, that, did that make you want it more? Was it like, oh, this is intriguing. I don't just get it. Like, like, oh, it doesn't just come with the, the, the territory. <laughs> Look, uh, Will, you understand it. Like a, you know, go everywhere you want lanyard. Good to go. Exactly. Yeah. It weeds out all the people that don't really, uh, don't really care for it, right? Um, it weeds out all the wrong people. The only thing, I mean, it, but everyone was pretty much all in. There was no one, you know, who was like, wait a minute. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I have to say just from the, uh, I've never seen something, for, I mean, it's the first time I've ever been a part of anything like this, but from the process of just looking at, you know, models and, and you know, a slide presentation, PowerPoint presentation to the actual finished product where it was as good or if not exceeded expectations, it's, it, uh, it kind of, it, it blew the players away too, but it kind of it just blew everyone away. At the yeah, end. I mean, yeah, for me, uh, seeing it being built initially when I signed with LAFC, we I went with my family and we checked it out. We had the hard hats and did the whole thing, yeah. and then you know saw the magnitude of it. I knew it was going to be amazing, but then kind of stepping into a finished product yeah. and be, being on the field and and for us, I don't know if you've heard this before, looking up. Um, from the field to to the director's box, it almost feels like like your guys' seats, the white seats. It's like you're at a in the Roman Colosseum, and you're like looking up at the you know your owners or whatever, and like you're like fighting for them. I, I just thought it was such a cool cool little you know insight that you guys have your own you know bar underneath. You walk up the the cigar lounge that nobody's supposed to talk about, the little secret area, and then like. The seats that are just kind of on top, the best seats in the house, right? Obviously, you have to buy them, but still the best seats in the house. There, um, it's it's an amazing, um, you know, it it obviously helps that from the from the first whistle, the product on the field has been. You guys have been amazing, um, but uh, even without that, it's it's. I love bringing people to the game who've never been, and it's foolproof. It's very similar to. Uh, People would always ask me, do, do, you mind, do you mind having people come to you at XML on, on the show? And I was like, oh, it never bothers me. In fact, I love when people come to see the show because there's no one who went to a Saturday Night Live show in person and thought it was a bad show. Uh, because the live experience is just incredible. Like you can watch at home and go, okay, I, that sketch I didn't like so much. This one was funny. But when you're there in person and you're watching this team of poop people run around and move the sets and it's live TV, it's the most exciting thing ever. And it's really similar to LAFC. Everyone I've brought to the game, whether they're a soccer fan or not, are like, this is the greatest thing ever. I can't, they can't get over the, uh, 
the excitement of the game along with you know the energy of the three two five two the community the the placement of the stadium all this stuff like that it's it's so it's like it delivers every single time who are some people that you brought to the game that uh have kind of been blown away everybody everybody i bring to the game yeah it's the same i mean uh it, yeah it's it's i mean everything from my my parents who were like <laughs> Who were in their late seventies? Who were like, "This is wonderful." Uh, <laughs> to, um, the smoke in the stands is glorious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but kids, to you know, we have we have some other family friends who are just like, God, we weren't even into soccer, and now this is like our favorite team in LA." Uh, and uh, you know, I'm I'm only sad that it not sad, but it, I'm like, gosh, this stadium could have been eighty thousand. And we could have filled it. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's a bit that'd be a huge swing. But it, I'm like, <laughs> gosh, we only get to share this with 22,000 people at a time. Um, uh, I also think that's what makes it pretty special, though. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that was fun. That, uh, Matthew McConaughey reached out to me because he's part of the ownership group for the Austin team. And uh, uh he took him around that day with his wife and he was, he was blown away. He, he, he loved it. Yeah, I remember that we, as players, obviously we're in, we're in the locker room preparing for the game and you're trying to like stay razor focused, but we absolutely love, we love it when, you know, you come down or you brought, you brought uh, Matthew down that one time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came in pregame. And we, we, we took a picture. It's just like, you know, not 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 everyone's from LA, and I just feel like you know this with the seats on the ground, everything just kind of exudes a, a little bit of Hollywood. But then you have this grit and grind from the fans and the culture that brings it together, and it's all encompassing. Yeah, which is amazing. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. You know, and I I know Larry. We've talked about it, Larry. Like just the people I've met who are like like I, I, one guy who drives from Fresno to all the home games. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm like, really? He goes, <laughs> love it so much. I live in Fresno. Yeah, Wednesday games at seven o'clock. How long is that taking you, buddy? He goes, that's just part <laughs> of it. Because I just build my life around the schedule of the team. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty special to see that kind of fandom. Your family's obviously pretty in, invested and, uh, you know, and you're, you're invested in soccer and, grew up playing you, you have seen photos of you being a ref which is awesome um now fan and owner um how how much do you uh emotionally connect with these games like do you the next day after a loss are you mourning the loss are you are you thinking back you know oh man if they would have just done this or um i wish we could have gotten that w are you upset with it how do you leave the games after a loss obviously a win's great yeah, I, I, I mean, we, we haven't had to deal with it too many times. <laughs> I do remember when we, uh, when we were all in Kansas City, we lost that last game. That was a bit of a bummer. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't usually get that. Uh, down only because it's it's still it's all still so new and exciting and uh um 
you know, I, I think it's such a long season too, that it's, it's, uh, yeah, the winds are great. And, um, uh, but I don't, I don't usually, the only thing that was getting annoying was the galaxy with slot. Yes. Like, yeah, I remember watching that first, that first game. I was in New York at the time, but that the first game when we were up like three, nothing. And I was like, Oh, there, I, I bet you Slotin's not even going to get into the game. Why are they even going to play him? And, uh, and that, I just remember, Oh, that was like, that was crazy. That, yeah. That was one of the biggest moments also for the players as well. And that, that playoff game being so massive yeah. and, and then going up, and you're like, okay, we can't do this again. We got to hold this lead. And then they tied 2-2. And, you know, then we kind of pushed on. But, man, uh, he's, he's a polarizing character. How, how is it in your house? How is it in your house with your wife being Swedish? How is that? Is she, not, is she a fan even, of his? Not even a question. No, it's it, LAFC. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Slotin. He... <laughs> so... Speaking of that moment uh, in Kansas City, yeah, um, I want to touch on some of the roles you play for the organization that people wouldn't expect. And you may recall, it was either right before the match started or at halftime, I was explaining to you that we are trying to recruit a number two ticket salesperson from the Miami Dolphins, the great Brendan Boyle. And I gave you a little motivation and you laid down in one take one of the greatest recruiting videos of all time. Hey, Brendan Boyle, it's Will Ferrell. Do you want to be a winner? Huh? Do you want to change your life? Come work with us at LAFC, all right? Do it. Make a choice that will change not only your life, destiny of the world it sealed the deal apparently it, it absolutely sealed the deal uh, <laughs> when will farrell says not only will you change your destiny you will change the destiny of the world <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know i never know exactly what's going to uh come come out of my head through my mouth and uh yeah well and 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 that also uh, after the portland match uh you were gracious enough to do a video to um pump up the fact that we were doing a movie night at bank of california stadium and we were doing kicking and screaming which uh, at least according to what you said that night uh won some oscars <laughs> Look, I think, I mean, look it up. I am the star of the documentary, and uh, you'll see I kind of lost my mind. Uh, but it won numerous awards at the Cannes Film Festival, Toronto. I believe I won an Oscar, I can't remember. I, I'm so surprised. How do you not have like uh, Instagram or Twitter? Is this just something that you just never thought of, or, or you, you built up? such an amazing career before it became popular? Because obviously people would just love it. I, I think I was, I was on Twitter for four days. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it just was too stressful. 
you know, yeah. that, like just having to, uh, you know, produce something for it and this and that. And I, I know you don't have to post, you know, every single day, but um, I, yeah, it's the pressure's the pressure's real though. Yeah. You, you almost feel like you have to be on it to connect with fans to, yeah, to show your personality. Yeah. People have always said, well, you can get someone, someone can manage it for you, but you still have to, you still have to oversee it on some level because someone at some point will be like, oh, I saw what you put on Instagram. And I'd be, and I would be like, oh, what did I put on? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you got to have both feet in on something like that. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, um, there's just too much going on to have to posting. Um, but yeah, there is a part of me that's always there, you know, is still intrigued by it and would think, oh, that'd be a funny thing to put or this and that. But uh, I, of course, my kids are like always like, Dad, why aren't you on Instagram? We'll help you set it up. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just have I, I just haven't been enamored with I guess I came in just, you know, under the rate enough to where I'm I'm well known enough to not have to worry about it. I'm jealous. I'm I'm envious of you, to be honest. That's amazing that you can do that. I saw the I saw the video you had with your your kids in the nightclub. I don't know if that was going into your garage recently. Um, you guys are. We were, we were asked by the state of California, uh, by the governor's office, that they were trying to get people to kind of promote um, staying at home during the 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 quarantine right now and. Uh, they were just trying to find other people to uh, uh, get some of the messaging out. And uh, amazing. I just grabbed the boys. I'm like, guys, let's just pretend this is like a nightclub. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's make a video. So it was it was a fun way to kind of, you know, uh, take a moment at home to 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 create a, a funny little thing that, that still uh, gets the point across of, of how important it is to just kind of be at home if you can right now. So can you can you settle an argument that Harvey and I have been having? Yeah. Um, you know, at the start of season two in 2019, uh, you you reprised your role as the honorary falconer. Yes. And and you did it wearing your resplendent gold Adidas sweatpants. Um, that Coincidence again. Coincidence again. That I that I happen to give you, yeah. uh, which shows how close we are that we exchange gifts. That was on. I wore <laughs> those on purpose. And you were also in your black with gold stripes, uh, LAFC Adidas track jacket. Right. And that incredible ensemble, together with the falcon on your arm, landed you on. Speaking of social media, GQ's Twitter feed. Right. And. The question that Harvey and I have been struggling with is, was that a bigger deal than Carlos being on the cover of the Spanish language version of GQ magazine? It was GQ Mexico. GQ Mexico. They, did that coincide around the same time? No, uh, Carlos, that was what, Harvey, like within the last few weeks? It was, it was probably this, this coming up. Yeah. April's edition. April's edition, edition of GQ Mexico. I, I think, uh, GQ 
choosing to highlight my sense of fashion is the reason why Carlos uh, paved the way for Carlos to get on the cover of, of Latin America GQ. Excellent. So, so it's really not one better than the other. Um, well, I mean, I think trailblazed. Carlos does owe me a, a thank you, I think. <laughs> you, you, mu you, must, you must have wore them in Lyon, and maybe they saw you there, and then Mexican GQ just kind of had that buzz around it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wore, Larry, if you recall, I wore that outfit every game last year. Yeah, that was all of 2019. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You well, Will Ferrell commits. Will Ferrell commits. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like the players with their superstitions. I got the same shin guards. Absolutely, yeah, sliders, everything. Keep it going. Keep it going. It was obviously a good season. Um. So it's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hanging up. It's ready to go. Knock on wood. We start playing. Um, you know, for me, uh, being at home, it's, I feel like we're going to be that more and that much more inspired moving forward. And I can't wait for that first LAFC game. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be in attendance and, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, this all ends soon, but yeah, if you have a message for maybe for the LAFC family. Uh, no, I mean, I would just echo that, that, you know, uh, the, while this is like a really serious situation we're in, I think it it, it reminds us uh, just how how much fun you know being a part of the LAFC experience is, and to everyone watching and listening out there, it's 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 all because of of you and your passion and your dedication to uh, the team and the club, and uh, from the ownership you know group and from the player standpoint, it. it you know, we really appreciate that dedication and, uh, um, and, and when we get to start playing again, it's going to be, it's going to be like our first game all over again. It's, I think it'll be that same energy and, uh, and, and it'll remind us about something that, uh, I think we'll never take for granted again to, to get to collectively watch this beautiful sport and this great team that, uh, that, Jordan, you guys are, you know, all a part of. So, Will, um, this is our, our first go at this, Harvey and I. Um, we'd like to start a little tradition. Okay. If you're willing, and we'd understand if you're not. But we'd like to start a tradition of, you know, taking us out with a little bit of music. And, and Harvey is quite the acoustic guitar player. That's right. I've seen the guitar playing skills. And They're very novice, but I, I can learn a song. Larry can continue. Yeah, and so we were thinking since we knew we'd be asking you about some of these characters, and obviously you're my boy, Blue, um, is you know something that people shout frequently, and there was a very touching scene uh, at at Blue's funeral oh, in yeah. middle school. So. If Harvey lays down the track, uh, could you sing along just a little bit? Sure. Uh, hopefully I can remember the word. Uh, starts off with I close my eyes, right? Let's, I'll, I'll go around once and then, and then jump in. I don't know if it's going to be great synced up, so we'll just do our best. Yeah. 
right, here we go. I close my eyes only for a moment, and the moment's gone. Something, something else. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Will Farrell. You are a yeah, great. beautiful Here's man. Here's a question. Yeah. You, so I think you have to have every guest sing Dust in the Wind? Are they just going to hopefully do a little music? Uh, well, no, you, you, you raise an interesting idea because we could. it's kind of like the ultimate falsetto competition. You, my friend, have a sick false. Uh, sick false. I was a little out of tune. Uh, it was a little higher pitched than I was ready to go. But you know what? You just just never look back. You got to go for it. Well, as our first guest, you can make that uh, make that claim. And so we can definitely do that for, for all the guests, unless they, you know, try to get something else out of us. But, yeah, Dust in the Wind. It's a classic. Why not? If I was really thinking ahead, I would have brought a, uh, a stuffed falcon into the frame on my arm. <laughs> Next time. Next. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Well, be safe. Take care.